Hello, Liz here with Bible Clarified. Today, we're going to be doing a Bible study on the most important topic in the Bible, salvation and how salvation works. We're also going to look at some common misconceptions around salvation and also a little bit of how things work in the true heart of God on this topic. And this will sort of help us get off to the right foot, on the right foot, when it comes to uh, getting started and kind of understanding the big picture of how things work. That's the goal. So this is going to be a message you want to like and share everywhere on all social media. It has a huge potential to impact people's lives in a really important way. Hey, what can be more important than salvation? So if you're just getting started with following Jesus in your journey or just even considering maybe making that choice or whether you've been following Jesus for a long time, I hope that this message will really make you want to take that next step in following Jesus to a deeper level, whether it's just getting started making the choice or whether it's taking that next step to, to increase your faith and give your heart to Jesus more fully. That's the goal. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. First, we're going to go over the basic steps to receive salvation according to the Bible. So I've summarized these steps for you on this first slide here. There it is. One simple step. Believe in Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, we give him our heart. And then the rest will come naturally. So we're going to go over what that looks like a little bit too. But it's really important to note that this is the one step you have to take. It's really simple. And let's see what the Bible says about it. Let's take a look at John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That clarifies it all. One simple step to take. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I can tell you right now, the everlasting life is not going to suck. It's going to be absolutely amazing and more amazing than you could ever fathom, imagine anything. It's going to be unbelievable. So one simple step. You don't have to have it all figured out. That's one of the biggest misconceptions right there. You don't have to have it all figured out. And you don't have to be concerned that you're not good enough to accomplish following Jesus or that you're too far down a path. Let's take a look at, at Paul as an example. He was a man that persecuted Jesus. You can't get any further from God than that. But later he turned and followed Jesus, and, and he was one of the most integral people uh, for bringing people to Jesus. And he wrote many of the books in the Bible, in the New Testament. But let's look at what Paul says himself. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, Paul says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Paul is trying to tell us that, correctly, God used him as an example. Jesus was super patient with Paul, even though 
Paul was persecuting God and Abad walking the earth and didn't understand who Jesus really was, Jesus was patient. And this is a perfect example or a pattern for us to see that we're never too far down a path of doing the wrong things to receive, to turn and receive the gift of everlasting life just from believing in Jesus. We're never too far down a path for him. Another misconception is that following Jesus will be a miserable and restricted life with all these crazy rules. But no, following Jesus is not miserable and restricted. It's not a miserable or restricted life, like you may have been led to believe. Actually, the opposite is true. You'll never feel more free and happy with the joy and contentment he provides when you follow. And you'll also be free of the consequences of following the world's ways. So now we're going to take a look at how salvation works sort of in a nutshell. And we're going to, this is sort of the biblical based history of Jesus and what he did for us sort of in a nutshell. So Jesus came and lived on earth with us and he died at the hands of corrupt people. But then a couple days later, just when everybody thought all hope was lost and Jesus may not be the real deal, Jesus rose from the dead. When everybody saw Jesus walking around after his death, of which there are multiple independent eyewitness accounts, there was no longer any doubt that Jesus was in fact the Messiah prophecy had spoken of. Literally, God in a body who'd come to save us. That was the ultimate irrefutable confirmation that Jesus was of God, the Son of God walking on earth. In effect, Jesus died as a sacrifice for our imperfect and sinful nature and then rose from the dead confirming he is indeed the Son of God as he had said. Because of that, we imperfect messer-uppers have an opportunity we just don't deserve. That if we believe in Jesus, that one simple thing, believing in Jesus and what he did for us, then we're washed clean of our sins and have the opportunity to receive salvation and eternal life with him in heaven that we would not have otherwise. The reality is nobody can possibly be good enough without this gift to stand before God without the stain of sins and receive salvation on their own. We can't fabricate our own righteousness. That's the reality. It's a fallen world and we just need Jesus. So let's look at a few Bible verses about that. Starting with Romans chapter 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One simple concept. Believe and you'll be saved. And tell everybody, by golly, <laughs> you're going to be so excited that you won't resist. You won't be able to resist telling everybody. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Nobody is good enough to stand alone before God without the help of Jesus. Once we realize that we can't do it all on our own and we don't have to, that's the biggest feeling of relief right there. We have help. Jesus. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Jesus made it incredibly clear in multiple places in the Bible that he is the way. There's no other way. It's simple. So let's look at the natural sort of next events that will happen in your life once you choose to follow Jesus. And this happens naturally. The first thing that happens when we believe in Jesus and give him our heart is that he'll start to help us overcome the temptations of this world because we believe. We give God our heart, we, give, we follow Jesus, and he starts to help us on the daily with our life. So let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-5 through 5, and see how this works. Who, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So you see, when we believe in Jesus and give him our heart, he helps us overcome the temptations to do things the world's way. We won't even want to do it the world's way anymore. But without our faith, that's impossible. God gives us a power and a strength that we wouldn't have without him. The second thing that happens, and we sort of touched on there, is that God will begin to renew our mind as we start to follow Jesus and make it where we don't want to follow the world's way anymore. We want to leave our life of sin behind and with a renewed mind. It sort of changes us from the inside out. So let's look at a couple Bible verses when it comes to that. This renewing of our mind, becoming a new person from the inside out. First, we'll look at Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when God renews our mind through following Jesus and giving him our heart, then he will help us understand what's that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not alone in this. And we don't have to magically become a good person on our own account and of our own effort. We have help. God will change us from the inside out. And then we'll want to follow the God's ways instead of the world ways. So let's look at Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So God will make us new from the inside out, and we will become a new person. So it's really important to understand that you will still mess up. Once you commit to following Jesus and you give him your heart, you can't just go expect to be perfect. Becoming a new person from the inside out takes time. We're gonna mess up and that's okay. We are not perfect and it's a broken world. You have to understand this reality. But if we mess up and our heart is in the right place, we will be sorry, we'll be sad that we messed up and we'll ask Jesus to forgive us. And Jesus will forgive us. 
You see, it's all about where your heart is. That's the only thing that matters. At the same time, you can't just keep sinning and think, oh, I'll just ask for forgiveness each time because Jesus says he'll forgive us. Have you really given God your heart if that's the case? Your heart wouldn't be in the right place if you're trying to game the system. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Clarify a little bit. Your heart's got to be in the right place. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So if we're sowing to the flesh, then we're going to reap corruption. That's the world's way. The world is corrupt. The world leads us down a path of sin. But if we sow to the Spirit, which is something that we learn to do more and more every day, we know we're going to mess up. But if our heart's in the right place, we're going to sow to the Spirit, and we're going to reap everlasting life. That's the goal. Now we're going to do the fun part. We're going to look at some benefits to having faith. This is sort of the 30,000 foot view of how it works. We've talked about how it works. Now we're going to talk about sort of the benefits that you receive when you choose to follow Jesus. Really, these gifts that he gives us when we choose to follow, we don't deserve. And the first one is the most awesome gift of all, is that we get to spend eternity in heaven with God Almighty and Jesus. Jesus says he's preparing an awesome place for us, but first we have to let him lead us through this crazy life on earth. So let's take a look at some Bible verses when it comes to that. There's lots of promises in the Bible, and all of these promises come true. Let's look at John 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus explaining things himself. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Now that is encouraging. Let's also look at Revelation 21, verse 1. So, at the end of time, God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And he talks about, in the Bible, how awesome that's going to be. He says, in verse 1, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John talking about a, a revelation that he received from God. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. That God is going to prepare a place for us that's going to be so epic and so awesome. And I encourage you to read chapter 21 in Revelation. It describes this place. Also, Revelation 21 verse 4 and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. All the things that you're used to in this earth, pain, sickness, sorrow, sadness, that's all going to go away. When we live in heaven with God eternally, none of the bad stuff will be there. That is going to be so epic. It's definitely something worth working towards. And is definitely the biggest benefit to choosing to follow Jesus. 
Another great benefit is that we have a really clear instruction manual to show us how to walk the path of following Jesus. That's the Bible. As you study the Bible, God will work in your life more and more. And you'll have all these times where you think things are coincidence. You study the word and then something will happen in your life that day. And it continues to happen over and over. And you'll notice that it's not coincidence. There is no such thing as coincidences. You just got to experience it for yourself. It's awesome. Let's look at what the Bible says about the Bible and how we should take the Bible, how, what we should think about the Bible. David says in Psalms 119.105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. David was a very wise man. He was a king back in times before Jesus. And he walked the path of following God better than most people ever did on the planet. He did a great job. And he used the word as a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. And we should follow his, ex his example. So you can kind of see that God didn't just say, hey, follow, and then leave us in the dark trying to figure out how to do it. The Bible is just this really clearly laid out instruction manual. And it's easy to understand, unlike many people will lead you to believe. If you just read the Bible just a little bit, you'll start seeing that it's just simply laid out there for you, easy to understand. We're also, we also have additional help. In addition to the Bible, we have even more. Jesus sent a helper known as the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us down a path to following Jesus. This, by far, is the coolest benefit. The Holy Spirit helps us discern things and lead us, helps us follow the path um, and, and make decisions in our lives when it comes to following the path of following Jesus. It's not always an easy path, and that's why the Holy Spirit's there to help us. We're not going to always fit in in the world. We might be thought of as weird, you know, Jesus freaks, whatever it is. The whole point is, you don't want to follow the world's ways. We have to be proud that we're a little bit different. And we're definitely going to be seen as different when we follow Jesus. The whole world, the flow of the world, is very different from what the Bible leads us to do. So let's look at a couple verses about that. The Holy Spirit and how he helps us. So John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. See, the Holy Spirit helps us live the word and helps us understand the word and helps us know what the word says. And that helps us follow the path of following Jesus. Let's look at John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you, uh, will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. There's Jesus himself promising not to leave us hanging, but to send us a helper. And guess what? Not everybody can sense the Holy Spirit or even realize he's there. It's only for people who believe in Jesus that follow. The world, doing their worldly things, they completely miss the Holy Spirit. They can't detect the Holy Spirit, see him, can't hear him, nothing. 
so it's only for us who believe. That is a huge benefit and by far the coolest part. It's literally God with us, inside of us, leading us down the path. So, another benefit to following Jesus, probably also one of the greatest benefits that will matter to us just before we die. Everybody wants to live a fulfilled life at the end of their time on earth. At the end, that is what's going to matter to you most. And that's what we have the opportunity to do in following Jesus. We are now living out a purpose for the Lord. Our life, our suffering, our tough times, our good times, it's not all for nothing. It is for God's purpose. We are now jumping on the bandwagon of following God's purpose. And when we live out that purpose, we'll be more fulfilled than anything else could ever provide you from this world. Living God's purpose brings us the most fulfillment out of anything you could ever do. When we follow Jesus, though, there might be some things in this life we feel like we're giving up. But God promises that he will bless you beyond what you can ever imagine. And I know some people and myself, we have some amazing stories of giving things up here that might be considered earthly things, worldly things, and then being blessed beyond what we could ever imagine. And Jesus talks about that himself. Mark 10, 29 through 31. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. A hundredfold, not just a little more, a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. If we are humble and we follow Jesus and we let go of the worldly things, he will bless us a hundredfold. That's a promise straight from Jesus, including eternal life. So we have blessings in this life and we have blessing in the life to come, eternal life. So now let's just talk a little bit about sort of how, how God works and sort of the 30,000 foot view of, of how our Father wants us to see him. And Jesus explains it so clearly in, in John chapter 15. It's sort of a, a picture of how things work. So we've talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit, and now we're going to talk about our Father in Heaven and His Son Jesus and how that works. So in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, Jesus explains, I am the true vine, and my, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone else, uh, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. 
and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So, this sort of also alludes to the Holy Spirit as well. So the Father being the vine dresser, Jesus being the vine, and we're the branches. We need Jesus. And when we choose to abide in Jesus, he also abides in us as the Holy Spirit. Let's just take a step back and look at what the word abide means in this context. Abide means to dwell, to stay, to remain. So that's the sort of connotation, the idea of, of when we choose to follow Jesus and we abide in him and follow him. That means he, we're dwelling in Jesus sort of like we're attached to the vine, and then he dwells in us. He abides in us as the Holy Spirit, and he helps us, and we bear fruit. Isn't that an awesome image of how things work? It doesn't get any more clear than that. So now that we've gone over how salvation works, and sort of a 30,000 foot view of the history and how everything works, now we're going to talk about what your next steps would be. All you have to do is start with a simple prayer. We pray to our Father in heaven in Jesus' name like this. Father, I believe Jesus died for me to wash away my sins, and I know I don't deserve that as one who has messed up so many times. I give you my heart. I want to follow Jesus. I pray that you would come abide in me and help me follow and abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it really simple. Everything is really simple and you're done. So now the next thing you should do is tell someone and seek out a mentor to help you get on the path to learning more every day. And also I want to know about it. I want to celebrate with you. I want to be excited for you. So please send me an email at liz at bibleclarified.com. I cannot wait to hear and help you find all the resources you need. Also, it's good to find a good church, a Bible study, or a group of believers to join. It's good to share uh, our experiences together and learn and grow together. And also, a good place to do that is also Bible Clarified on Facebook. We have a group. It's called Bible Clarified. You can join and we all share our stories and our experiences together. It's important. Also, you'll want to start a daily discipline of giving the Lord a little time before you start each day. I mean, it sets you off on the right foot every day. And when I don't do it, I notice. I feel like my whole day is just kind of a jumbled mess. But when I get started doing something to follow the Lord every day, it starts my day off right, and my day is much more intentional. So, I mean, we're just talking something like 10 minutes. Do a little devotional, read a chapter of the Bible, but just start off your day with that purpose. We're living for the Lord every day. And also, when all this happens, just watch God work in your life. It's amazing. And just remember, as you go through these steps and do these things and start following Jesus, remember, there's no such thing as coincidences. You'll know what I'm saying once you get into this a little further. I can't wait to hear your stories. Thanks for joining us for this important Bible study today. Don't forget, like and share everywhere you can possibly do it. And we'll see you next time.